This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist. I would like to welcome you to an exciting new series I'm putting on each month in 2017. In the month of January, I'm going to go through 30 days to a better compliance program. So each day, I will detail some part of a compliance program that you can utilize to help you improve to have a best practices compliance program for 2017. With the operationalization of compliance mandated by the Department of Justice in the form of their compliance counsel, Wei Chin, and incorporated into the FCPA pilot program announced by the Department of Justice in April 2016, it's more important than ever that you upgrade your compliance program and show how you've operationalized. In this series, I'm going to help you do that. I hope you will enjoy this series. I hope you will join me, and I look forward to this journey with you. This is Tom Fox. Welcome to day 25 of 30 Days to a Better Compliance Program. Today, compliance in an economic downturn. Many chief compliance officers and compliance practitioners struggle with metrics to to demonstrate revenue generation. Most of the time, such functions are simply viewed as non-revenue generating cost drags on business. This may lead compliance functions to being severely reduced in an economic downturn. However, I believe such cuts would be very short-sighted, and at the end of the day, they would actually cost companies far more than they might save in the short term. At this point, I see two risks for companies that engage in cost-cutting in an economic downturn. The first is the companies will reduce their costs by cutting their compliance personnel. A tangential but equally important component of this will be that companies do not invest the monies needed to beef up their oversight through monitoring or other mechanisms setting themselves up for serious compliance failures. Moreover, what will be the pressure on the business folks of such companies to get the deal done with the slashing of both revenue and headcount? If there's a 10 to 30% overall employee reduction, what pressures will there be on those employees remaining to make their numbers or face the same consequences as their former co-workers? I think both of these scenarios are fraught with increased compliance risk. For companies to engage in behaviors, as I've outlined herein, will certainly bring them into conflicts with the 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program. For instance, on resources, the FCPA guidance does not say in a time of less income, when your compliance risks remain the same or increase, you should cut the budget for your compliance function. Indeed, it actually says the opposite when stating those individuals must have appropriate authority within the organization adequate autonomy for management, and sufficient resources to ensure the company's compliance program is implemented effectively. The guidance also adds, the amount of resources devoted to compliance will depend on the company's size, complexity, industry, geographic reach, and risks associated with the business. In assessing whether a company has robust internal controls, the DOJ and SEC typically consider whether a company devoted adequate staffing and resources to the compliance program given the size, structure, and risk profile in the business. So the resource issue is stated in reference to the risk profile of the business and not current or fleeting economic issues of the day. If you think back to the FCPA pilot program, prong three on remediation, 
that component also speaks to the amount of budget and funding for compliance function and even the pay of the compliance professional within an organization. The FCPA guidance also speaks to an analysis from the Department of Justice side, which really uh, means a criminal review side. For instance, if a company cuts its compliance staff while its risk profile has not decreased, does this provide the required intent to commit a criminal act under the FCPA? Moreover, who would be the guilty party under such analysis? Would it be the chief compliance officer who ultimately decides we need a fixed percentage of cuts to employees or simply a raw number to be laid off? How about the department head, as in the chief compliance officer, who's told to cut his or her staff by 10% or we will make the cuts for you? Or is it the company's HR department who delivers the dreaded knock on the compliance practitioner's door? I'm from HR. Would you come with me? What if a company's decision-making authority is so decentralized there is no one person who can be held accountable? All important questions that the DOJ would certainly delve into. You should also note the SEC role in FCPA enforcement there is that there will be an assessment of internal controls. With the COSO 2013 framework, will companies delay plans to implement a new framework and audit against it? If so, this could be a per se FCPA violation. But I would also ask you to consider the pressure that people who survive the layoffs are going to be under. They will be under increased pressure to do the jobs of the laid-off employees, so there will be a greater chance that something could slip through the cracks. If you are already working full-time at one job and one, two, or three employees in your department are laid off, which job is going to get priority? Conversely, which job is not going to get done? Will you be able to put out fires, or will you be able to accomplish what most business folks think is simply an administrative task? But more than the extra work, the survivors surviving employees will have laid upon them the implicit message that some senior management may well lay down of getting the job done, or more precisely, getting the deal done. If economic times are tough, senior management will look even more closely at the sales numbers of employees. The sales incentives could well move past a question of what my bonus will be if I close this transaction to one of Will I be fired if I do not close enough transactions? If senior management makes this message clear or brings home business now or hit the highway, employees are certainly going to get that message. Once again, where will the DOJ look to find intent? Would it be the person out in the field who believes he or her was told to bring this twice as much work since there are half as many employees after layoffs? Would it be the middle manager who's closely reviewing the sales numbers, sending out email reminders that if sales do not increase, there may well be more cuts? What about the CEO who simply raises one eyebrow and says, we need to hunker down and get the job done? What might be the SEC or DOJ reaction to the downsizing of a compliance function in the face of such increased compliance risks? If your industry has gone through any type of industry sweep or even a large number of investigation through enforcement actions, you understand the problem and the increased scrutiny. So what can you do in the face of these? Well, the first thing I think you should do is do less with less. Use this opportunity to focus on your true high-risk priorities 
manage those high-risk priorities and develop your program to the extent it is not fully developed around those priorities. If those high-risk priorities are fully managed, then you can move down to another set of priorities. But your highest risk is what you should take a look at, and it should give you the opportunity to reassess that. Second, use other functions. Uh, Go down and talk to HR. Go down and talk to IT. Go down and talk to uh, internal audit. Go down and talk to finance. Now, they're going to be under the same pressures as the compliance function, but they may have resources in place that would allow you to do compliance more efficiently. They may already have internal controls in place that uh, you are not aware of that could be modified or even used as a compliance internal control uh, at this point. Uh, I would ask you to think about gifts, travel, and entertainment. Certainly there should be information in there that could help your compliance program if you're not currently using that for a compliance control. And finally, think about becoming more efficient by using a couple of techniques. One is you can actually offshore a large amount of your administrative compliance function. There are companies that do this and um, will allow you to cut back on both the headcount and cost, yet allows you uh, to continue doing administrative functions, but frees you up to really taking a look at your highest risk and utilizing your high-priced compliance talent for your high-risk areas. So think about increasing your technological spend, or at least utilizing the technologies in other corporate departments that you may not be. I spoke of gifts, travel, and entertainment. Uh, the Whatever software you're using to track that, they that company might uh, actually provide reports to you, or you might be able to download that into a uh, function that's relatively inexpensive, which could give you an overall report. So what are the three key takeaways? Uh, first and foremost, that simply because you're going through an economic downturn does not mean that your compliance risks will lessen. Indeed, it's probably going to be the opposite. Your compliance risks will increase. So you need to be prepared for that. Number two, do less with less. Use the opportunity to, if you really have less people and less time, use that opportunity to focus on your risks the highest risk for you and manage those risks. If you believe you have those risks manage effect, managed effectively, well, then you can go to another set of risks. But really look at doing less with less. And number three, increase your use of technology to make your compliance function more efficient. I recognize you may not have budget to uh, do this or purchase new um, technological assets, but you may have those in place already. Uh, I'm sure... Uh, relatively sure that you're using SAP in some form. There may be a way you can uh, use SAP, use SAP's resources, or use the information within SAP to run reports and do ongoing monitoring. But this is something uh, you should take a look into. Finally, don't forget outsourcing of your administrative functions. This is relatively new to compliance, but it's something that uh, you can use in an economic downturn. It would be less costly and make your compliance function more efficient. This is Tom Fox. I hope you have enjoyed day 25 of 30 Days to a Better Compliance Program, and I hope you'll join me for day 26. Thank you very much. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.